You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Oz Network as we continue our exclusive recap series on the television show Third Watch, and we are in to the Third Watch season one finale. That is right, we've made it to the end of the first season, episode twenty-two, entitled "Young Men." And Fire first aired on the 15th of May, year 2000. It was uh, written by John Wells and uh, directed by Mr. Christopher Chalak. So, obviously, two big key heavy hitters when it comes to uh, the world of Third Watch. And I'm very excited to talk about this episode. Uh, it's a good episode. It's a good conclusion to a very good season and uh, a lot to get through on this episode. My name is Ben, and I'm such a slut. <laughs> Whoa, dang, Ben, okay. <laughs> My name is Brandy, and I took some spackle, some paint, and a steam cleaner. Good as new. <laughs> they kind of tie in um, very well with each other then, somehow. I don't know. I don't get it. Um, they do it a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> awkward way. Try to make a segue with that, but um, don't know if that really worked. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm excited to talk about this episode. I mean, I think we've had a fantastic season um, obviously, we love this show. Uh, arguably, uh, you know, one of the best seasons here of Third Watch. And obviously, when we get to our recap episode next week, we can discuss um, a few things around that. But, uh, yeah, it's interesting, kind of, as much as I've seen Third Watch over the years, as much as I have, uh, you know, seen the first season in general, uh, I, I often forget that there's certain things that happen in this episode. I, I kind of forget the, the Doc and Morales storyline in this episode, and I kind of forget you've got this rescue scene where, obviously, Doc and Carlos are, are stuck in a building. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. And we, and we kind of got our real first almost Jimmy-centric episode uh, that doesn't involve Jimmy getting into trouble with bookies or something like that or being a bad father. So uh, I enjoyed this episode. I think it's a good one. I do too. Actually, it's like a little, uh, it's a not a heartbreaking one, but it's definitely a it tugs on the heart heartstrings. And I'm actually for Kim in this episode. Oh so, yay, yay! Finally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's only taken you 22 episodes, Brandy. <laughs> <laughs> she had a grow on. Yeah. Well, <laughs> glad it happened. Glad it happened eventually. Uh, but uh, I was wrong in the last episode. I've actually discovered. For myself, trying to label myself as the biggest Third Watch fan uh, on this planet, there's been two moments this week where I've been proven wrong. The first, uh, in a conversation on the Third Watch fans group on Facebook, um, where it was pointed out to me that I uh, was wrong in terms of one of my claims that I made on a recent episode. I said that Bosco and Davis never partner up in the history of Third Watch, and then it was pointed out to me that they actually do for one brief episode for about half of that episode. So um, I then, I remember that as soon as it was pointed out to me. So um, I, first of all, should say to Barb, if you're listening, uh, yeah, thank you for pointing out there that I was wrong. And uh, also, I claim that uh, we would have a, a tonight on Third Watch on this episode, and we didn't. So, yay! Uh- <laughs> yay! <laughs> I was very happy with that. that. Is- <laughs> nice. Okay. I guess things are going good for us right now. Let's- yeah, well, they, uh, a special shout-out, too. We've actually got to uh, point out there as well in terms of uh, potential listeners of this show. Can we just quickly, on a side note, 
Uh, we had a comment on an uh, episode that we posted a few weeks back, uh, the 18th episode called Men. Uh, now, that was directed by a guy called Guy Norman B, as we obviously uh, touched on there. And we had a comment from a guy called Guy Norman B. Uh, that's right, the director of the episode actually listened to the majority of it um, and uh, basically said that it was fun to remember that episode. So, uh, Guy, if you're listening again, uh, appreciate your comment, mate. We're going to try and get you on the show to, to talk a little bit about it because I also discovered that, uh, you know, through all the episodes that Guy directs of Third Watch, he actually directs my favourite episode and, to me, what is the best episode of Third Watch, which is in the next season, entitled after hours so um he does a few very memorable episodes he does uh snow day of course which is the one i think is it in the third or the fourth season when um emily gets stuck in that car and takes something which i better not say because it'll spoil it um yeah it's 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 interesting kind of he he directs some very good episodes so guy if you're listening uh thank you for your comment and by by all means yes we'd love to get you on the show to chat you a little bit about that and uh, Guy actually mentioned in his comment that he's forwarded on our podcast to the co-creator of Third Watch, Edward Allen Bonero. So, uh, uh, Mr. Bonero, I'll, I'll address you that way if you're listening. Uh, hello, uh, my name is Ben, huge fan, clearly. Uh, and Brandy is too, and uh, by all means, we'd love to get you on the show too. Uh, I just had to have that little fanboy moment when the co-creator of the favouritest show that you've ever had in your entire life could potentially be listening. You've got to take that moment to acknowledge that, I feel, Brandy. Absolutely. I mean, that is amazing. When you sent me that uh, screenshot, I was just like, what? I sent it to my sister and she was like, what? <laughs> like, it was just a, <laughs> it's a big moment. I mean, again, like, it's an honor to have them listen to us. I mean, because when we started this, we weren't, we weren't sure, like, how many listeners we would get or who was going to listen to it. We just loved it. Started, started it with a passion. And it's pretty cool to see that some of the biggest people that matter to this is like listening to this, and especially the listeners all together. They all matter, but it's just awesome to see who listens to it. And now that people are, in, are engaging as well, I mean, it's just pretty cool. Yeah. I couldn't have said it better myself. And I mean, you know, I've, I've been fortunate enough over my career to have interviewed some, you know, very prominent people. And I, I very rarely get starstruck or fanboy out when it comes to, to speaking to people like that. But when I see that, um, you know, posted to me, I can't help but fanboy out ridiculously bad. So, um, you know, I just, kind of, just yeah, just had to take a moment to, to relive that again. So, um, yeah, we'll obviously still uh, pursuing uh, interviews for this uh, moving forward in terms of the Third Watch universe. Uh, and again, as I kind of mentioned, I might touch on this a little bit at the end of the episode. Uh, we're probably going to share the uh, interview that I did with Anthony Ivavar and Michael Beach um, on this channel uh, in terms of I did them several years ago for another radio show of mine, but um, they're still very relevant in terms of a lot of the stuff they discuss. So stay tuned for that. We'll discuss maybe that a little bit more at the end of this episode as we move forward in towards our recap episode and obviously season two. But we're here to talk about season one, episode 22, Young Men and Fire. And where we left off, uh, obviously we had uh, Jimmy showing up at Kim's house. He's obviously just gotten engaged to Brooke. And he's basically saying, you tell me uh, if... If you don't want me to marry her, I won't marry her. So that's where we ended last episode. So, of course, uh, where do we start this episode? No better way than seeing Kim sliding up her panties and trying to sneak out of... Well, I thought she was going to sneak out, but it's actually her apartment. So she's actually trying to kick Jimmy out. Um, so I, I like that shot of Kim Raver putting her panties on. Can I just quickly share that for the moment? I'm getting I'm getting a really bad reputation out there, I seem, as this creepy guy who, like, talks about attractive women. Um, and as I discussed in another podcast <laughs> that I recorded today, uh, I am single, and this is clearly why I am single. So, um, 
Brandy as a female voice, the only female voice on this show besides uh, Colin's wife, Jamie. Uh, I think you need to put me into line a little bit, unless I'm really not that offensive and other people are taking me. I mean, wh- wh- where do I board along here? Brandy, am I offensive towards my comments or um, do I need to like rejig my thought process when it comes to this? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you're you. I mean, for the most part, I found myself agreeing with you. So oh, good. I, you were saying like, <laughs> like, you know how like, you, oh, this might sound sexist. And I'm like, wait, wait, no, I agree with you. So, I mean, there's, I mean, I guess I haven't really like focused on it too much. I mean, there's times you said some things and I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's his opinion. And I'll just. <laughs> Because we all have opinions. I'm sure, like, if I said something, you might be like, what? But for the most part, okay. I don't think you've been too bad. Okay, good. Well, I uh, <laughs> just wanted to check that out. And I don't think I was being sexist just there. I just think I was, you know, necessarily well, no, I'm saying in, like, admiring Kim Raver's legs. Um, it's a fair no, call, right? I was saying, like, in other, like, <laughs> mention, like, oh, this might sound so... Like, you say that a lot in other episodes. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm scared, I Brandy. Okay. It's 2017, remember? Um, you know, you can't really say a lot these days without uh, offending someone. So, um, yeah. Coming at you. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, back to this. Kim's putting her panties on. Um, obviously, her and Jimmy have, have slept together, and uh, it's nearly 6 o'clock in the morning. So, Kim's basically saying, get out. We want you out before Joey sees you. And we kind of get this nice little scene between the two of them, you know. I and mean, this is really the first time we've seen them in this situation, yeah. isn't it? Because the the one... Was it the earlier in the season when she kind of showed up to Jimmy's house in the middle of the night and just said, like, I want to go to bed? Um, you don't actually see them kissing or anything. So this is really the first time we ever see them together, which it, it's, it's weird saying that because you don't feel... It's not like when Bobby and Kim finally kiss. You're like, well, finally, he's Bobby and Kim, you know, getting it on. It's kind of... You just know this is a thing because they used to be married. And I also guess because there's always this tension between the two and the chemistry between, you know, Eddie Sibrian and Kim Raver is fantastic. So the the fact that this is the first time we're actually legitimately seeing them have a moment like this, like it doesn't feel that way. Can I just say how hot they are together? Oh, yeah. (laughs) They are are an incredibly attractive (laughs) pair. Can we just appreciate this moment for a second, like how hot they are together? But, yeah, no, you uh. When in this ep- this scene, you really do feel like there's history between them. Like it's not like finally, like you said, like I couldn't have said it better. I mean, you just you feel like it's something. Like you just feel like it's meant to be. Yeah. You know. For sure. And yeah, it's the first time you get to see them like in this moment together, which is like I said, they're hot together. Just oh, we'll just find out. We'll see. Uh, see more. I think of it. we alluded to last episode. They're just one of those couples that you just they should be together. Even yeah. the actors should be together. I mean, yeah, okay, Eddie's got uh, Leanne Rimes, you know, pretty decent catch, but Kim Rabe is better than Leanne Rimes. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, Kim Rabe doesn't sing about songs about not fighting the moonlight or something. I don't know. That's the only song I can think of, Leanne Rimes, off the top of my head. Uh, <laughs> I don't dislike Leanne Rimes. She seems nice. But, you know, Kim Rabe seems nicer. So... <laughs> I'm not sure if you're a big yeah, Leanne Rimes fan at all, but... <laughs> But isn't Eddie just like Jimmy? I mean, you don't want him doing Kim Raver dirty. I don't know because I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but wasn't but wasn't like didn't Eddie like cheat on his wife with? Leanne I think it's the other Rimes way around. I think Leanne Rimes cheated on her husband. Mm. But he knew. But he knew that. I mean, I'm just saying maybe Kim Raver deserves better than Eddie. So I don't know. I don't. Yeah, know. look, I don't know the specifics. I think it was it was it was interesting when that was kind of all in the gossip columns because you know I think like no offense to Eddie Sibrian, I think Leanne Rhymes was the more famous of the pair. So it kind of it, it came down to um, 
you know, the fact that he was the other man in the situation. Um, so, yeah. but Yeah, well, it, of course it does. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think the thing with Eddie Sibrin is it kind of, and going on what we've got to said a lot about the cast members of this show, that really a lot of them haven't gone on to much. And Eddie Sibrin was kind of like the everyman in that he seemed to be in a lot of different shows. Like, I think he had a big recurring role in like one of the CSIs and he was in like a few random shows here and there. And I think he was like the main role in a few shows. I think he had like a an alien invasion show, if I'm not... Uh, yeah, invasion, I'm just seeing it here, where he was like the main lead in that uh, not that long after Third Watch had finished. Um, I think, like, he was involved in, um, Ugly Betty, yeah, he was, um, and then he had, like, a movie, uh, yeah, the Playboy Club, he was in some TV show where it was, like, uh, sort of similar to, um, you know, like, the golden age of how Playboy sort of came about, so he's kind of always been that person who's been in these shows that look have the potential to be big, but they never take off, um, so now he's kind of, I think, more known as... Um, you know, the other man. And it's actually funny here. I'm just looking at his um, filmography, apparently. <laughs> which I, I need to watch this. I didn't realise this was a thing. Apparently, he was actually in a reality show with Leanne Rhymes. It was called Leanne and Eddie that aired on VH1. So, um, there you go. I, I don't really like reality shows outside of um, Survivor, but uh, if one of our Third Watch alumni is in a reality show about their lives, I need to see this shit. Did you know that was a thing? I did not. I just know he played a bad a uh, bad guy in criminal minds at one point and i couldn't take him serious because i'm so used to him being jimmy so like when i see him trying to be evil it just was not it didn't work for me can i just point out if we look at uh, I, f- I found the poster of leanne <laughs> and eddie uh it's a lovely picture of them sort of like embracing each other but eddie sibrin is wearing a bright pink suit uh, <laughs> and he look, look he, i mean he's aged but he still looks incredible can i just point that out so okay, you have up yeah, right you, you need to Google this shit. Everybody right now, every Third Watch fan is Googling Leanne and Eddie. Um, so, yeah, personal life. Uh, I'm just, I don't know, we're just getting sidetracked here. Um, he was in, announced that he was engaged to Leanne Rhines in 2010. They appeared together in the 2009 movie Nora Roberts Northern Lights, and the couple wed in 2011 at a private home in California. So, um, I mean, as of this podcast right now, the day that we're recording this, they're still together as far as we know. Um, and when it comes to Kim Raver, just whilst we're looking here, um, she is married to a French actor and writer called Manuel Boyer. Um, they've been married since the year 2000. Wow, so they've been together for a while. And she has two children, Luke West Boyer, born 2002, and Leo Kipling Boyer, born 2007. Um, yeah, so there you go. That's, I'm, I, again, it doesn't say that they separated, so congratulations, uh, Kim, for getting married 17 years ago. <laughs> so, <laughs> Can I just say my eyes, Barton? Yeah, that, <laughs> that, that is very that, that bright. pink suit, right? That's, yep. <laughs> very bright. <laughs> I was like, whoa, my eyes. Yep. It's, uh, it's something eyes. that the world needs to see right now. Anyway, um, so... Let's go back to this point. They have great chemistry. But, like, the the bit there, obviously, which kind of is alluding to what's going to happen in this episode, where Jimmy says, like, oh, call in sick. Let's stay in bed together like we do, like we used to. Um, and then kind of Kim shuts him down straight away, like, what time does Brooke get off work? And he's all like, oh, <clears throat> eight, you know. So, um, pretty, pretty sad. Because at this point, like, you know, we're rooting for Team Jimmy, Team, you know, Kimmy. Like, it, it doesn't you know, change the names as we've already established. 
Um, so, yeah, that's sad. But pay close attention to that, because obviously that whole line about them staying in bed should have uh, maybe happened. Um, and we also get the line where Jimmy says, I love you, as she leaves the door, uh, leaves the room, and he kind of looks, and they share a look, and it's like, aww, so sweet. I know. Very sweet. Yeah. I'm just... Oh, this episode, I tell you. You're <laughs> <laughs> uh, just still distracted by his pink suit. Uh, but... <laughs> back to Doc and... Uh, back. We start now with Doc Morales there uh, going through Doc's apartment, which I believe this is the first time we've actually seen Doc's apartment. Uh, don't get used to it because we're only going to see it in this one scene, basically. Um, and we kind of get this... Uh, you know, he's going through their old stuff and their move, obviously. They're moving into his dad's old apartment, as we've already established. And... They have this discussion about photos, obviously, of his wife that are on the wall. And this is the very first time I think we actually get to see a photo of her. Um, and yep. can I just point out, remember the episode where he's um, he didn't date the, the leg girl or the gym girl because he showed the photo to Carlos and said, oh, do you not, know, do you not think that she doesn't look like you know my wife? Um, the brief glimmer of the photo that I saw and the brief memory I have of that girl, she does kind of look like her. So I think that um, Doc had a point. <laughs> Just, just, I don't know if you noticed that or not. I didn't. <laughs> I need to <laughs> frame that shit. I need to, I need to put that out there. But um, it's, it's a weird conversation here because, like, you know, they're, they're talking about her and all that sort of stuff. And Morales says this line of, like, oh, she's got a great body. And then Doc's like, yeah, she did. And then she's like, hey, it's like, A, you brought it up. B, he was married to her and would still be with her if she didn't die. Um, and then it's kind of like, it's a weird like, exchange here because I guess it's that gray area where like, if you get into a new relationship, obviously it's a big no, no to have photos of you and your ex still up and around. Fair enough. I get the awkwardness that would be involved in that. Even if you two are still good friends, I don't know if I would be that comfortable dating a girl who's proudly got photos of her and ex boyfriend on the wall. You know, I'm like, okay, a bit awkward, but like, if the partner has passed away, there is that grey area there. Because, again, like, you want to move on, you're with someone else, fair enough. But at the same time, again, you would still be with that person if they didn't die. So, it's kind of interesting the way she's like, oh, we'll let you have one photo of them, not in the bedroom, and the rest we can put in albums. Okay, fair enough, you don't want it in the bedroom, I get that. But, like, at the same time, do you... Like, do you want any photos up? It's like, how would that conversation go down if someone comes around to your house? Oh, why is he, like, in a wedding dress with another woman, yet you two are married? It's like, huh? I actually, I'm going to say, points for Morales. I think this was perfect. I mean, I don't know. I just love how she handled it because she did pass away. And I think, I mean, I don't know. I just definitely think that she handled it right. In terms of like, okay, it, like you said, if she was alive, it'd be different. It'd be like, no, nah, get that shit out of here. But the fact that she passed away, she she's like, you know what? I get it. This is your memories. It wasn't bad. These were happy memories. And you know, I mean, who knows? She could have been like, you know, maybe she made Doc the man he is today. And now Morales has, you know, Morales is thankful for that. You know, there's so many, just just so much there to just not put, keep the photos up. Not in the bedroom for sure. That was awkward. I don't know why she had to say that. Like, you would just assume, like, that's not going to be in the bedroom. I mean, how but... does that conversation go down with Doc? It's like, yeah, I want this picture up of my wife in a sexy body. That's got to be, like, right next to the bed so that when we make love, I can stare at my dead wife's photo. Like, I mean, come on. I have letters from my ex I need to get rid of just now that we're talking. 
they're like in a shoebox. Yeah, don't don't get don't get me started on that. You know, actually, the funny thing is, like, after a breakup with the age of social media, is that um, you know, shit is real when they remove you. Like, they they're the first to remove the inner relationship part on Facebook, and then like, I I still have. I mean, I guess without going into too much personal detail here, I guess I was the one who broke up with her but like my ex-fiance essentially removed all traces of photos of me and her from her social media yet if you go through my tag photos i've kept them all up i'm like yeah well she was part of my life for eight years i'm not gonna you know get rid of them but she was like nah hey i never knew him delete 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 so <laughs> total <laughs> damn i mean i get it i uh i think i'm i don't mean my ex were on good terms but now lately he's been a punk and he's single i don't know well i need to get rid of it's interesting though because like i i then had another breakup where i was on the receiving and i didn't do the breaking up and uh but i even though that personally hurt me i still kept the photos of me and her up on my social media if that makes sense like i I don't know like i I can see why you would delete it but i guess at the same time i'm like well look they were part of my life for a time being and i'm not with someone right now so you know clearly i'm not with someone right now hence the comments about me being a bit of a pervy creepy guy but <laughs> i don't know where, a, where am i going with this brandon this is where you meant to stop me uh, <laughs> i don't know i just have a legit question right here so is it official if it's on facebook or not because i never did a facebook look thing. i i think really- in modern day <laughs> in modern times that is the official line that you are officially a couple when it's facebook official that is my viewpoint on it um and I think it's also official that you're not together when it is... Because, I mean, that's kind of your public announcement that you're together, if you know what I mean. It's like, you know, uh, Ben Waterworth and Kim Raver in a relationship. It's on Facebook. Um, So, yeah, I think, to me, that's what it is. I mean, other people, I think, would think differently. Um, But, you know, again, it's 2017. Who knows? I'm not saying I've seen me holding hands, but I don't really hold hands. So yeah, yeah, that's a good you way. You don't hold hands. Yeah. Um, I mean, not a touchy feely like I, I, I have issues. I'm told guys have told me like I'm cold. I don't know why. When they say I love you, I say thank you. That could be a reason. <laughs> look, can I just point out like the, the, I love you, thank you. I've had that, but that is actually like the one of the most romantic moments. Again, we're just getting into our personal lives, whatever. Like, you know, um, <laughs> at the end of the day, if guys listening to this, the director, like you can direct a love story based on what we're saying here. But like one of the, I remember one of the most romantic little moments that I thought personally was very romantic uh, was with the ex I was just saying, I've still got photos up on Facebook with, um, that I said to her, like one of the very first times I told her I loved her, she kind of like, she turned to me and she just goes, I know, as in Star Wars reference, like, I love you, I know. So, like, to me, like, sure, of course, I wanted her to say it back to me at that point, but at the same time, that was, like, almost as romantic to me, because I'm like, oh, my God, you just referenced Star Wars. You're so amazing. And then I think I remember another time she then at one point just told me that she loved me, and then I did exactly the same thing, and I'm like, I know. And she's like, oh, I see what you did there, and I'm like, yep, Star Wars reference, look what we did. So, you know, there are moments where it can work. So bad. I just said thank you because I was just like thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Brandy has it. never loved anyone in her life. <laughs> I, I had a girl. I remember again. We're getting so off topic, but again, welcome to the Oz Network. I had a girl in uh, well, we call it college. It's still technically high school. Um, I was seventeen, and I had been with her for a week. 
And she told me she loved me after like four days. And I was like, um, thanks. <laughs> it's like, what do you do with that? Like, it's not like primary school when you're with someone and it doesn't, it's not real. And you just tell you love, cause you don't know what that means. You're like, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. But like when legitimately I'm like, she's like, and she like, it wasn't like a thing where she didn't know what she meant. She meant it. Because she was in love with me. And, like, I liked her. So you had a vengeance. Yeah, well, I, she was. <laughs> <laughs> you had a vengeance in your life, basically. I didn't get a pregnant. Well, not that I know of anyway. I mean, she could have a baby. For, oh, no. <laughs> she's actually, she has gotten married and had kids on her own now. So congratulations. But, um, yeah, I, I was just like, what what the hey? Like, um, cool? <laughs> like, very, um, you know. I think, yeah, we've established the three women in my life that have ever said those words to me, uh, hence why I'm still single. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know where we're going with this episode. Um, <laughs> I'm with you. I, I agree with Morales. Um, can I just point out, we get a really awkward transition from the apartment to Carlos and Doc in the ambulance. It just, it seems so forced because it's like, it's almost like the director. So in this time it was Christopher Chullock. I'm glad it's not Guy. We're not ripping into his directing style here. But like, they literally cut to this scene of Carlos sitting in the ambulance goes, Hey, how's the move going? Like, it just seems so forced. I don't know what it is about that little transition that kind of always irks me. I don't know if you kind of picked up on that or not, but yeah, it just, it just kind of bothers me how they transition into them in the end. Hey, how's the move going? I did, because, like, even, I feel like Doc looked at him like, bruh, you don't even like me like that, so you want to know. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like Doc was like, dude, you don't even like me like that, why are you asking? Yeah. But, um, it does feel forced. Maybe it was just, like, an ad-lib moment, or a moment where they just threw something in. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I, I just think it's just the transition, like, I, I get the conversation, but uh, I do like Carlos mentioning there where, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, I, I moved into an apartment where someone was murdered, you know, a bit of paint, a bit of this, a bit of that. Yeah, as good as new, like what you said with your opening line. Like, uh, I just love the way he passes off the fact that at one stage he lived in, like, this house where there was, like, a gruesome murder. <laughs> Doc's face. I mean, Doc is looking at Carlos like, dude, what the hell is wrong with you? Yeah. Dude, you can't. I, that's my favorite scene. Like one of my favorite scenes in this episode is like when he says that like it's nothing. Like yeah, just a little bit of paint. Yeah. <laughs> you know, everything good as new. Doc is like the hell, bro. Yeah, <laughs> so funny. Um, they, they get called out to a building fire, which we'll get to in a second. I think we're going to lump all this building fire into one go. But uh, obviously, just before we get to the titles, um, we see a little container with urine in it because that's what we want to see. Uh, and it's Yokus and. Dun, dun, dun. Plot twist! Yokus is pregnant. Um, I think I might have given that away a few episodes ago, but um, yeah, Yokus is pregnant, and that's going to be obviously a bit of a talking point in this episode and to a few episodes, obviously moving forward into season two. Um, but yeah, I've got a few things to say about the Yokus storyline here, which is kind of interesting. Uh, but we'll get to that. But we after the credits, we, we kind of got this fire, and, and we'll just again we'll lump all this this bit in because this is kind of like. The one that I said, I kind of even forgot that Doc and Carlos got stuck in the building. So essentially, they've been called to a, an apartment fire. It's on the 18th floor. Doc and Carlos are there first. They go inside. There's an elderly couple who are still inside the building. Um, a, a, the man, he's a stroke victim, and his wife uh, is there just waiting with him. They basically forcefully take this woman out of the building because she's there waiting for her husband uh, to you know, get rescued because he's bedridden. They can't really get him out. Um, 
after she's removed, Doc and Carlos attempt to move this guy, but then they get trapped in the building. So eventually this leads to uh, Jimmy showing up to and the fire crew to, to rescue them. They can't get out the building, so they've got to come down from the roof, um, save them, and basically uh, that's what happens. In the meantime... We get Sully and Davis, a brief little scene of them um, directing people. We see a man who is coming through the crowd. I'm a fireman. I'm a fireman. I need to help them. And they basically tell him to go away. Obviously, remember that man. He's going to come back into it very, very soon. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of think we just talk about this now. There's not a whole lot to this, really. I mean, it, the only thing we really get out of this is we meet Crazy Man, who we're going to see soon. Um, we see Kim sort of... You know, a bit worried about Jimmy because he's rappelling out of a window. Um, and I will say, I really do like this sequence. Like, I think it's it's very well shot. Like, I, I mean, by the looks of things here, they really did shove Eddie Sibrian off a roof. Um, and I think kind of like, you know, this looks all fantastic the way it's, it's shot. It's beautifully put together. Um, and I do... One of my favourite little lines is when... Um, Jimmy's carrying Doc out of the window, and Doc turns to Jimmy and goes, I've always liked you, Jimmy. <laughs> just like, I just love that little line that he says. And then what does Carlos say at one point when he's like, oh, hell of a way to make a living, and then the way Jimmy's like, oh, don't tell the mayor I'll do this for free. It's kind of like, you know, that that's your that's your trailer line right there. You know, that's that's the the similar to the very first episode where Kim's like, God damn, I love this job. It's kind of, you know, that's that's the selling yeah. point. Uh, but yeah, I don't know if you've got really much to add on this. I mean, they rescue the elderly couple. It's sweet. Uh, we get, as I said, great sort of stunts here with them rappelling down the window. And uh, yeah, a couple of good little one-liners there from some of the characters. No, you pretty much touched on it. I mean, I love, like you said, I like how you compared it to Kim's opening line. Like, God, I love this job. And then Jimmy's line, that was perfect. And then, again, the, the sweet couple, that was that was awesome. And the old couple, she didn't want to leave him behind. He was bedridden. I mean, he could talk, but couldn't move, and it was just a cute little moment. It was nice to see that, and then I liked it. It was cool to see Doc and Carlos kind of in that predicament of being kind of stuck, yeah. and he had to worry on, and, like, just seeing how they handled it, but other than that, nah. I mean, you said it well. So. Yeah, yeah, no, I completely agree with that. Um, I mean, I agree with what you said. I also agree that I said it well as well, apparently. I'm just that arrogant that apparently would agree with you agreeing with me. I don't know where I was going with that. Um <laughs> Uh, interchangeable here we have uh, Bobby and Kim carrying this little old lady in a wheelchair it's just I fucking love Bobby and this woman the way Bobby just full on yells at this woman like I just I just like we, we talk so much about how Bobby really has no substance in this show anymore like he really has no point in this show except to just kind of be this ultimate side Jimmy character from this point uh, again with a few exceptions in the season two he will have a few uh, moments but very few between now and when he eventually leaves but I just love <laughs> just him yelling at this woman in Spanish. It's amazing. Um, and again, I just love this like interaction between Bobby and Kim. It's kind of been a while since we've had a real good Bobby and Kim scene. Like, obviously, I know kind of as we've gelled over the fact that they slept together and kind of Bobby got over it quickly. Clearly, Trevor's gone. We don't never know what happens to her. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's kind of, you know, it's the first time we've really had a scene between these two like this. And, um, you know, the first point here that we've got to point out, racist Kim... Uh, basically, where she's like, she had a few too many chalupas, and then, you know, Bobby makes a very valid point. Like, if she was black, you wouldn't say she's eaten a lot of fried chicken. And she's like, okay, point taken. Um, and then kind of this leads into her saying, well, I'm a horrible person. I slept with Jimmy, and it's kind of like how it segued into that. And then her line, I'm such a slut, before Bobby doesn't say anything. And she's like, oh, thanks for disagreeing with me on the whole slut thing. He's like, well, you said it. <laughs> I love it, <laughs> 
It was cool to see that. <laughs> it's just a great little back and forth between the pair. I mean, you know, like, again, we're saying how great Kim Raver and Eddie Sibrium is the chemistry. I mean, we're not denying also the chemistry between, uh, you know, Kim Raver and Bobby Cannavale. I mean, it's, it's fantastic. I mean, it's been a while. I mean, it's, I mean, at first it was, like, intense and, like, you kind of got, like, their separate moments of, like, you know, Kim focusing on Jimmy and Bobby focusing on his brother. So, I mean, it was it's cool to see them back at it again, like, best friends and that's, I don't know, that's how, like, I think, like, romantic-wise, I'm happy it didn't work out for them. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, they just have good chemistry as best friends. I mean, it is awesome. I agree. Yeah, I think kind of, like, early on, you know, de- you're definitely team Bobby. At least I am, you know. You want Kim and Bobby to end up together. But I I, yeah, I do absolutely. think it's how it ends up for all of this little love triangle is the best. I mean, by this point, you're fully on team Kim and Jimmy. At least I am. You've finally joined the team. Uh, but um, <laughs> I think, yeah, really at this point, it's kind of, they've taken all that out. And I think that's uh, one thing I'll say, which is, is very well written in this show. And it, it's, it's maybe this is a lot of the reason why Bobby all of a sudden almost becomes obsolete is because he doesn't have this live love triangle really to be involved in. So now that they're kind of really switching focus onto the whole Kim-Jimmy thing, which again, it's, it's you're on an off thing again, spoiler alert, for you know at least a few seasons. Um, it's I, I, I like what they do with the Kim and Jimmy stuff, and it's really at this point where you're just kind of like, yeah, we like Bobby. We wish there was more Bobby on screen. Like, we do. There's, like, none. But, like, it's it's kind of... Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think kind of that whole love story... Th- these two are better suited to be to be best friends. Yeah, they are. I, I agree completely. Yeah. Um, so sort of, obviously we've got a lot of scenes here interchanging between the rescue that we've already gone over. We kind of get Davis, he's driving again. Uh, he's telling someone to move it or lose it. And then we find out that it's basically, uh, one year since, uh, Davis has been, uh, on the street. So obviously the pilot episode was his first day. So 12 months have passed since the pilot episode to the finale episode. Um, and we find out that uh, pretty much everyone at the 55th Precinct had a bet going as to how long Davis would last. Sully said four days. Bosco said two. Yokus wins because she said he would last two weeks. Um, so there you go. Interesting. Everyone thought that Davis would quit. Um, and obviously, sort of, we also get a little scene, Bosco and Yokus. Um, <laughs> Bosco, as he say, like, you're quiet today. He's like, don't get on my bad side today. And then I kind of like the little follow-up here where, you know, Bosco's like, well, don't you want to know what happened at the opera? And she's like, nope, don't really care. Um, and then it's just like the back and forth that, you know, Yoko's like, you really don't want to get on my bad side today, Boz. And like, I love the bit when she says like, oh, how do we get on, uh, you know, to Verdi to your wiener or whatever the hell she says when like, you know, he's talking about how like the opera was an aphrodisiac. <laughs> and just Bosco's little comeback. It's Pacini, not Verde. <laughs> Just the look that Yokus gives you. It's like, ooh. I just love that <laughs> She is not playing today. I love it. Oh, <laughs> it's so good. Um, uh, what else are we here? We've obviously gone over the rescue. Um, I mean, we kind of cut back really here from this point after the rescue to, to Bosco again. They're going to a building and, you know, Bosco's still questioning uh, Yokus, you know, what's wrong? Is it Fred? Is it your brother? Like, obviously, our beloved brother that we saw back on Thanksgiving that never seen again. Uh, and basically, they've been called to an apartment where a mother has essentially called the cops so that her son can turn down the video game. Oh. Um, and again, you know, Dick Bosco again, sort of, you know, come back, Bosco. Uh, you know, you told you you called the cops because your kids are playing the Nintendo too loud. It's a PlayStation. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, that's me. I'm gonna be honest. That's me. I'm I'm Bosco there. Like I'm gonna pull up somebody who says like, oh, turn off the Nintendo. It's a PlayStation. <laughs> Again, okay, hashtag reasons why Ben is single. I'm that dick who does that. Um, and then we, we kind of, um, yeah, we just see this woman. She's pregnant. She's got, what, like at least five, six, seven kids there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously kind of tying in here to um, Bosco, uh, sorry, uh, Yokus being pregnant. Um, yeah, I, I don't know really if you, you have anything to add kind of on these two Bosco and Yoka scenes and obviously the Davis one that I, I mentioned. I mean, there's not a whole lot here on these scenes, but I just thought I'd give you the opportunity to say anything if you were dying to say anything right now. Well, no, I mean, let's loop in everything. Like when Faith finally tells Bosco, I mean, do you want to get to that later or should we just talk about that now? I mean, because they're walking down the street after this talking uh, about... Yeah, well, we might as well lump that in. We've got sort of one scene in between here with Kim and Jimmy. But, um, yeah, no, we'll, okay. I mean, they're walking away kind of from this incident, I guess, and we kind of get Yoko's, uh, what, going over the fact that it's like her worst nightmare to kind of be barefoot and pregnant and going through Walmart with uh, coupons. Uh, and then, yeah, she basically tells Bosco I'm pregnant. <laughs> I love Bosco's like, congratulations! No? Um, I- <laughs> and then basically, you know, what are you going to do? Oh, I don't know. So, um, yeah, I mean, lump that into it for sure. Uh, and, and, what, what's your thoughts on all of that, Brandy? <laughs> I can just say, it stings. Faith sting my heart when she was like, one of those moms, she walked through Walmart on food stamps buying Pampers, and I was like, hey, that was me as a teen mom. <laughs> mm. I was like, damn. No, uh, no, I get what she's saying. Like, six kids, though. Uh, like, the way she said that, I was like, that's the reality of a lot of people I know in real life. Like, whoo. It's funny how, like, I didn't really, I didn't realize that beforehand. And, like, now I do and that I've experienced life more. And I was like, wow, that's true. You, that's the biggest fear is, like, having that many kids and, like, not, and being on welfare and not being able to provide. And, wow, yeah. I... And then Faith is on her call. Yeah, I, I was going to say I can't really comment on any of that because... I don't have any yeah. children that I know of, so I've never been in that situation. So, um, yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> I don't have six kids either. But it was just like, whoa, I don't know why. I was like, dang, Faith, like, she spoke some real stuff right there about being a parent. Yeah. <laughs> so that was cool. Which, look, yeah. the thing that I'll say kind of like, I mean, I guess we can kind of move forward a little bit here to the next sort of Yokus and Bosco <laughs> scene just to kind of, you know, lump them in when they're obviously... Um, talking a little bit that's i think a lot later on in the episode though isn't it um i'm just trying to find that on my notes it must be a lot later on uh oh yeah it is so it's basically look i'm just gonna lump this conversation in obviously uh this is post the guy shooting himself but um bosco is kind of asking like have you thought about what you're gonna do um, you know, and then Yokus is kind of like, look, I, I haven't decided what I'm going to do. I don't even know if I'm going to tell Fred. Uh, and then Bosco, you can tell Bosco's kind of like, keep the baby because he's kind of like, look, you'll make it work. You know, um, did you plan the other two? You made that work and I'm sure you would never take that away. But like, Yokus is obviously questioning it because like, this is, this is kind of my point when it's like the Yokus storyline kind of doesn't add up when you watch this back to back because this is back to Yokus struggling. She's saying, oh, things have been tough lately. Uh, you know, we barely can afford the two kids that we've got. Go back a few episodes ago when she's having that conversation yeah. with Kim and she's saying things have been okay at the moment. We've hired that nanny. So it's kind of like what's happened in here that we're not seeing with her life that one moment she can afford a nanny and things are going fine and now she's back to struggle street. So um, that's kind of when we mentioned that nanny line a few episodes ago, how that stood out to me because we never see 
the Yokus family really doing better than okay. I mean, they just, they get by. But, I mean, I kind of think through all the storylines we have with, you know, Yokus and, and Fred and Emily and Charlie, it's kind of, I guess, your middle-class family who, you know, this is why Yokus has to work these hours to make ends meet and has the troubles with Fred. And we obviously get a bit, you know, more of their background and stuff in the in the following seasons. But, um, yeah, I don't know if, if you kind of notice that. How it just, it just doesn't seem to make plausible sense in regards to her overall storyline that we're back to her struggling again. No, I did. I noticed that too, and I was like, because when she did say that nanny thing, I was like, when did that? When did they become okay? I was thinking the same thing, and then now they're struggling again. Unless she means like things are okay now, and then having another kid can just mess everything up. Because that's true too. Like you can just be getting by now, doing okay, but having another kid—that's yeah, no. Like I get, I get that. It seems to be a, a, a theme in the, the two main shows that we're covering here on the Oz Network between this and Nip Tuck. Um, uh, there was a similar storyline in uh, the first season, was it from memory, where one of the, uh, the well, Julia, the, the mother in the series, she got pregnant again, uh, but uh, she lost the baby. I'm not going to spoil what happens to, to Yokus uh, in this case, but it's kind of like they always have that storyline of, you know, the mother who's raised kids all of a sudden pregnant again, like what will she do with the baby? I mean, it's... It's. I don't, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I mean, it's it's a, it's a decent storyline. It brings up many questions, like as you were kind of saying in terms of, you know, your experiences as a mother, kind of feeling, uh, you know, a connection with that. So, um, you know, I think it's it's done well. And this is kind of what we've established with Yokus a lot throughout this season is that it's not really, you know, that often that you get the Yokus as a woman struggles as a cop in a man's world sort of storyline. And even with this pregnancy. I personally feel that this doesn't really come into play. Again, it's like, this is where I think Third Watch does it so well, is that you very rarely see Yokus as a female, if that makes sense. Like, as in, I'm not saying you see her as a male, I'm just saying you see her as an equal footing with the male counterparts in what generally would be perceived as a sort of a more male-dominated, you know, industry, I guess, in many ways. So I, I think that's what's beautifully done with Yokus, is that you never have that separated. And, and like, even with the pregnancy storyline, it's not like there's a whole lot there about her being treated differently because she's a woman, if that makes sense. So I think that's where it's, it's done really well. That was beautifully said. No, I agree. I mean, we, we touched on that. Like I think the, <clears throat> excuse me, the first few episodes and how we touched about how like they did that well. And I love that they don't separate her too much because she's like, I wouldn't say a victim, but you know how like some shows can like separate the woman from the man so much, where you feel like the female's kind of a victim or like damsel damsel in distress or something like that. And it's like with Yokus, you don't get that. Like honestly, you respect Yokus more than you expect some of the male For figures sure. in here. And I mean, you know, it's just you don't look at it different. Like you see them as cops, you see I see Faith and Yokus as equals. Yeah. I mean, Faith not Yokus, but Faith and Bosco as equals. You know, and yeah, completely agree. And I think so uh, overall, yeah. you've got to say that that's pretty much the same with all the female characters i mean there 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 are some exceptions in storylines that i think are important similar we've talked about like with race as well like there are some exceptions where they do make a point of it but i think it's done tastefully it's not over the top and i think like there's one storyline that i can think of off the top of my head with kim where they literally make her a damsel in distress and that kind of irks me in terms of the the strong female character that Kim's kind of led up to. I'm pretty sure that actually might be Jimmy's last episode too, if that's if I'm not mistaken. So um, 
I yeah, I, there's this one episode I can think of, but you know, even moving forward and jumping ahead here to when Cruz and and Monroe come into it, you know, there, there's there's very there's maybe one I can think of with Monroe where she's kind of perceived as you know a weaker female, and there's one there's one with there's well there's two with Cruz, but I think they're done very well because Cruz is Cruz, so Cruz handles it differently. Um, so again, I'm, I'm jumping all over the place here with our references to characters that we're still a few seasons away from getting to. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess, and having said it though, when Taylor comes into it next season, uh, I, I guess a lot of Taylor's character is the aspect that she's got to live up to things differently because she's a female. But again, it's done differently because it's her backstory with her father that kind of makes her that way. So, um, again, tastefully done. I think it's not shove down your throat and for you know the majority of your time watching these characters like as you said they're they're equal footing with their male counterparts and i think that's that's so well done and a show ahead of its time because i mean in 2017 that's kind of what the show's generally always going to be now is that equal footing it's very rare that you kind of get a, a male-centric show with weaker females because generally they always get called out for it now so um yeah i think kind of third watch ahead of its time in many ways Absolutely, absolutely. Look at us getting all serious here. We were talking about our love lives before and shit, and now we're getting deep and meaningful. That's what you do on the Oz Network every now and then. Uh, between, uh, we've gone over kind of the Bosco, Yoka's sort of, uh, there's a few bits with them in it which we'll get to, but uh, we had a bit of a scene um, going on there with Jimmy and Kim, as I mentioned. Um, and it's kind of, again, it's a nice little scene between the pair. They're back at the firehouse and, uh, you know, Jimmy basically saying, like, I miss you, I miss Joey, um, you know, and kind of, it's, it's almost like this apologetic scene where, you know, Kim's like, look, I wish I could trust you again, and Jimmy's like, look, I wish I could make you trust me, and again, we, we know their backstory, he did cheat on her with her sister and all this sort of stuff, but you really are getting this feeling now that these two are like, oh, they're going to get back together, like, you know, they've slept with each other, <laughs> he's obviously saying, like, I won't marry Brooke, um, and it's kind of like, you're really like, yeah, this is going to happen. Yes. And all of a sudden though, we get the call. Uh, Jimmy, uh, has been called out to a fire. Um, so it's kind of like, let's put that on hold. And we're at this fire and, uh, you know, the, the crew are out getting ready to, uh, go. And we've got this, uh, same crazy guy that we saw earlier at the apartment fire, uh, basically claiming he's a firefighter. He's saying, everybody get back. It's not safe. And they're all like, well, what are you talking about? Look, get him back across the street. And he's like, no, 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 it's a fire, it's not safe. And he pulls out a gun and he basically shoots uh, the firemen, uh, one of whom is Jimmy. Jimmy gets shot. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we kind of cut away from that. We see Davis and uh, Sully uh, writing up a ticket for a taxi driver and a guy. Uh, and basically they get the call that shots have been fired at the fire department. Uh, they run away. Uh, we get Bobby getting the biggest sandwich there is. I can love Bobby ordering a sandwich. Can I just point that out? Random little fan moment there. I think it's great. He's like, I want, I want this, I want that, and extra this, and extra that. And it's like, oh yeah, I'll have that to drink and uh, iced tea, no sugar for her. Um, which can I just point out? I did not know that was a thing. All right, this is my knowledge as an Australian. Recently in America, I was in Kansas with my friend, and we went to a a restaurant, a very nice restaurant, and uh, obviously Kansas, sort of that area, you know, sweet tea, like a thing. Uh, like sweet tea in Australia, like iced tea, not that big of a deal. We have it, but it's not as big as I've discovered in places like, particularly in the South in America. Um, and like I've ordered my sweet tea and then she's like, oh, can you order me one too? But I'll have no sugar in it. And I'm like, 
what's the point of that? <laughs> like, I'm like, really? Like, <laughs> why is it? A, it's not a sweet tea then. It's just tea. And she's like, yeah, well, I don't want the sugar in it. And I'm like, okay. Uh, so like, this is a thing that I like, I, as you know, naive Australian with American sort of things that you guys love. Um, you know, I mean, do you drink sweet tea with no sugar? What's the point of that? Exactly. I mean, no. That's like people That's who drink decaf. We... What's the point of decaffeinated coffee, people? <laughs> well, I guess, like, according to some people, they get the jitters. So, I mean, it helps them. I don't know. But no sugar in your sweet tea? What? No, I'm done with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only kind of tea I drink is sweet. Unless it's green tea, like Arizona's, like, the, I don't know if you have them in Australia, but they're, like, they're Arizona's, like, they have, like, the green tea flavor, like, strawberry kiwi. And- uh, yeah, I, I've, I'm familiar with it, yeah. Uh, it's not, again, oh, not a huge yeah. thing here, but I, I do know what you're talking about, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, and no, I drink that as well, and it's, yeah, but, I mean, no sugar in my, yeah, no. There, there are just some but- things in life that just, that go hand in hand. It's like, um, you know, there's such thing as non-alcoholic beer. Now, do people actually drink beer for the taste? I mean, to me, beer's not like tea where it tastes good. Like, beer tastes like beer. Uh, but, like, who drinks beer because it's non-alcoholic? Like, oh, I'm hankering for beer, but I don't want the alcohol in it. Like, it's, it's kind of like, it's like <laughs> coffee. Like, to me, coffee tastes amazing, but coffee is also there to keep you awake and keep you perked up. I mean, you can tell I've had, like, 30 cups of coffee before this episode. That's why I am how I am. But, like, who drinks... We like, have one. De- decaf is, is pointless. It's like... It's like You'd never have a bowl of pasta without sauce on it. Like, there, there's no purpose to pasta without sauce. You don't watch porn without the sound. It's boring. You need to hear sound on porn. Like, there's just, there's so many aspects here that I say go hand in hand. The delete button goes well, hand in hand with the Oz Network. <laughs> what well, <this> is escalated? <laughs> I had to bring up something creepy in there. It's, it's my MO. Like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Not that I've ever watched porn. Uh, I would never watch that disgusting filth. Um, <laughs> I'm single, please. I've had more dates with porn in the last week than I have with any actual girl. Um, but <laughs> there is a point where I need to stop talking. That was it. Uh, <laughs> crickets. It's <laughs> like... I wish I had, like, a recording of, like, crickets. <laughs> I, I really hope this is the episode that Ed is listening. He's like, oh, what's this show? Third Watch. Oh, this sounds good. Finally, someone's doing a podcast on our show. And he's just gotten to the point where I've talked about watching porn. He's like, done. I'm out. <laughs> Thanks. You just ruined my chances of going to Hollywood then. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Oh, my God. God, uh, I seriously am the doc of this podcast. Things just keep getting worse. Um, but meanwhile, uh, they Bobby and Kim get called away. Um, they leave their sandwich, but I love that guy. What about your sandwich? <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering what about your sandwich. The sandwich sounded amazing. Um, they're blocked, though. Uh, their ambulance is kind of blocked in, uh, which I love. They're like, Whoa, who's, whose car is this? Whose car is this? Um, uh, they, Bosco shows up uh, while Davison, um, uh, what's his name? Sully, that's his name. Uh, I'm just thinking about porn apparently, and that doesn't come into the equation when Sully's involved. Um, what? <laughs> so they're, ch- they're chasing after the guy. Uh, they, they take him into a parking garage. Um, and then meanwhile, uh, Kim and Bobby just ram the shit out of this car. Well, Kim does, not Bobby, um, to get out of this. <laughs> and I love that guy, that random guy who's just sitting there watching them do it. 
Um, which, yeah, uh, it's just kind of a random little thing there as they scream off, obviously, to get to the scene. Uh, then we get, obviously, uh, the cops chasing this guy through the parking garage. Um, and I love, you know, random cop uh, moment to this guy in the car. Like, get out of here! It's like, this guy's done nothing wrong! He's just, like, driving out of his parking spot. Um, but... I love Davis. Obviously, is there saying like we're going to wait for backup. We're going to wait for ESU, and you know, Boss is like, no, no, we're going to do this, and everybody kind of agrees with Davis. But we hear a glass breaking sound, um, and then uh, we see the guy running up to the roof. He's got nowhere to go. All the cops pull a gun on him, and this guy just basically with his gun, they're telling him to drop it, drop the weapon. Davis is doing quite decent skills here at negotiating. Uh, before this guy basically is like, I'm a fireman, shoots himself. Um, you're dead, and they all stare at his body. Uh, as he's obviously dead, he blew, blew his head off, essentially. Um, meanwhile, uh, Jimmy uh, has been... Uh, he's fine, I guess. Well, he's not fine. He needs to go to hospital. <laughs> but uh, Kim obviously working on Jimmy. And there's two other uh, firefighters have been shot, uh, one of whom is okay, and the other one whose name is Davey, I think, who we are apparently meant to care about. We have no idea who Davey is, but he's serious, more serious than Jimmy. Uh, we get Jimmy in hospital, random Morales and Jimmy scene. I <laughs> just, again, random pointing out characters. Um, and yeah, basically Bobby says Jimmy's a tough son of a bitch as they all watch Jimmy try and, um, get, uh, obviously saved. Uh, and then Kim's got to go call her mother because Joey's with her and doesn't want to see it on the news. Um... Yeah, I, I think I might end it there, just with a lot that was going on before we move on to the next scene. I mean, uh, much to add on, on those scenes? No, I love how you describe things, and he's just dead. He, he's dead, and that's well, it. Well, he is. Uh, so, <laughs> I, mean, I don't know what else I meant to no, say there. Like, <laughs> no, no, I just love it. I love it. It's just like, he's dead. <laughs> that's it. So, he dead. Moving on. There you go. <laughs> I think we did it perfectly. There we go. Yeah. Um, we, we get, after that kind of little scene with Davis and Sully, uh, we find out that, uh, Davis has asked for another deferment on his, uh, law, uh, application, but he's being told, nope, no more deferments. You have to reapply again. Uh, and you say he'll apply again in the future. It's kind of a nice little scene of, it's like a little bookended really for this season, isn't it? In terms of first episode, it's Davis, a rookie, fresh faced cop. And here he is right now kind of working out what he wants to do for the rest of his life. Does he want to go to law school or does he want to, um, you know, be a cop? And we do kind of get a nice little uh, plot line. I think it's in season three, is it not? When kind of we've got a bit around Davis uh, applying for law school again and Sully's kind of involved. Um, So, you know, keep an eye out for that. It's just a nice little scene really here with Davis and Sully because, you know, similar to what we said a lot throughout this season, how... You know, the Carlos-Doc relationship is always a very, you know, bipolar one. That one episode, it's good. The next, it's bad. It's fractured. Whereas, you know, Sully and Davis, it's kind of the opposite. This is just the continued bond of these two. And there's an even better scene to come uh, between those two, which which basically closes out the episode. Well, I'll leave that to last. Um, I've gone over the Bosco scene already. I mean, the only thing I've sort of had in terms of the Bosco Yoko's conversation is sort of Bosco just sort of saying, "Oh, that guy did him did us a favor, saved the taxpayers' money by killing himself." And you know, Yoko's is like, "Oh, well, he's mentally ill, Boz. You know, that's not very nice." But um, yeah, essentially. Um, and we get Bobby and Kim again. Uh, a little scene there where basically we're saying anyone's told Brooke yet. Um, 
and then we get random reference to Jimmy's brother, who we met a few episodes ago, of course, driving down. Don't know where Jimmy's brother's gone. He worked in the city like four episodes ago. Now he's buggered off somewhere. Uh, <laughs> he's, gone to, he's gone to Vermont or something. I don't know. Um, but uh, we get this nice little scene with Bobby. Where <laughs> I actually really like this scene. You know, Bobby's like, I don't think you're a slut. You know, you, you just keep going. You don't sleep with a lot of guys. You kind of just keep going back to the same one. <laughs> and we get Kim here who's just like, oh, well, there is that hockey player. Uh, you know, oh, there's that UPS guy. Oh, there's that Dominican guy. Oh, and you. Oh. <laughs> I just like, you can, you can still tell Bobby's obviously got feelings there because this is the way he's like, what hockey player? That one of the garden? He had like no face. Um, can we just point out the <laughs> random fact that Kim got lucky with an NHL player? You go, Kim. Um, but I mean, again, he, he was a Maple Leafs player, so clearly he fired blanks. Um, that's an in-joke. Uh, hello, Colin, if you ever listen to this. Um, but uh, I just, I just like this little scene between the two of them, um, which is kind of like going back to the fact that we haven't really had uh, a decent Bobby and Kim scene in a while, but this is kind of solidifying their friendship again, kind of going to what you're saying about how these two work better as friends, because, you know, he kind of, there's much like, was it an episode or two ago where it was only an episode ago, wasn't it? Where Bobby's basically saying like, you know, do you love him? You know what I mean? Whereas like now he's just, he's kind of, you know, accepted it, isn't it? Like, well, look, you know, you keep going back to him, you know, whatever. You guys are kind of like the perfect couple. One minute you want to kill him, the next you love him. You know, that's kind of the perfect pairing. So, um, yeah, I just, I think this scene's worth separately talking about. I mean, I know it kind of leads into, um, Kim getting called in to, to see Jimmy and then obviously having a bit of a conversation. Um, and we find out that the guy who shot himself in the head really was a fireman. Uh, he got fired last year for being mentally unstable or erratic, erratic behavior. That kind of makes sense. Uh, and then just as we think, yay, Jimmy and Kim, they're finally getting together, but who has to be the party pooper? Fucking Brooke. Brooke. Boo! Brooke, boo! Yeah! <laughs> I mean, what's her? Oh, Eva LaRue, La I think it is. I mean, I love the actress, but boo. Yeah, man. boo! I mean, boo, Brooke! This moment, I was rude for this moment. This moment was so on point. And then she comes in, just. No. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Why, why, why can't she be like Trevor and just disappear behind the scenes? <laughs> yeah, no. Why can't she? Yeah. I mean... Yeah, again, same as you. Nothing against Eva LaRue. She seems nice. Um, but boo, Brooke! <laughs> I mean, because this is like one of the... Again, like you mentioned earlier, this is like one of the moments when we finally... Like, this is like the... I think this is like the episode we might mainly see the Kimmy... Kim and Jim. Go with Kimmy. I was going to say Jimmy, Kimmy, but both names, yeah. So which is Kim and Jim. <laughs> they, we both, we see them for the first time just having their chemistry to, to the fullest. And then when she comes in, it's just a moment where it's just like, like I said, I'm for Kim this, this episode. I am. And then that happens. Can we just... I would... I, would, <laughs> I just want to point out, Go just going back to our Eddie Sibrian knowledge here about how he was in CSI Miami... Now, looking here, Eva LaRue obviously had a very prominent role in... I, I didn't really watch CSI Miami, so I don't really know too much, but she played here, I'm seeing, a category, a cate- character called uh, Natalia Boa Vista. So... Yeah, epic. Were, were they together as, like, character? Were they involved in any scenes together? I mean, you know, kind of... Yes. They were. All oh, right. So, both, so Brooke and Jimmy lived on post-third watch. <laughs> I don't, I don't know why I didn't mention that to you. Yeah, they're both CSI uh, people, CSI people, crime scene investigators. And so I don't think they're, they are together, but I do believe that, yeah, they work together. So, I mean, in terms of that. They were- 
so how we kind of established with uh, Jason Wiles and Anthony Rivervar that they kind of played back-to-back detectives on Scream, but I don't think they shared screen time with each other. This is, again, this is something that I think we should put definitely put out to our listeners, because one thing I will say about the Third Watch fans group on Facebook is that a lot of people will share, like, oh, you know, Anthony Rivervar was in Blue Bloods, or, you know, J- Skip Stardust was in yeah, the show. Yeah. So they share a lot of screenshots, which is great, because we all want to see what these guys are up to nowadays. But, like, by all means, if there's, there's shows that we're not thinking of where actors from the show were in the same show when they played different characters, like, as I said, I mentioned, I think it was Burn Notice, where, again, I randomly did see an episode where Kobe Bell and uh, Anthony Ivovar were on screen together. Um, you know, just little, just little moments like that. Um, you know, because I mean, I, as a huge Third Watch fanboy, I like to claim I'm the biggest one in the world. Apparently, you know, I always get so excited when I see one of these guys in the show, even if they're just random characters. Like, I now Nip Tuck rewatch that we're doing at the moment. I think it's. Season five, uh, Molly Price is randomly in an episode. She plays like a, a wife in a therapy room who's having trouble with her husband, and then she eventually comes at the end of the episode and murders her husband and the therapist. Um, I mean, spoiler alert, if you're listening to our Nip Tuck one at the same time, but she's not a main character. She's literally in it for like 10 minutes in an episode. Um, so it's kind of just like, I just get so fanboyed out when I see random appearance by that. And like, I recently watched um, the... Uh, the Boston Marathon bombing movie, which has escaped me the title of it, but uh, Michael Beach was a prominent role in that, and he was with Kevin Bacon, who's like God amongst men. So you know, it's kind of like Isn't it just Patriots Day. Yeah, Patriots Day. Thank you. Yes, you're right. Um, so you know, just little random things like that that uh, you know get me excited when I see these guys uh, and girls uh, in roles. And again, the only one I won't watch though is Grey's Anatomy because I, even though I love Kim Raver, I will not stomach watching Grey's Anatomy. So <laughs> come on, I love that. I am such a Grey's Anatomy fan. Like, at first, I didn't, I wasn't into it. But then, like, when I got bored and I was like, oh, well, this is the only TV show I haven't watched. Well, <laughs> I got into it and now I'm in love with it. Yeah, and that's why um, you aren't the perfect person to me. You have your flaws. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, but, yeah, so just, again, if anybody's listening, you got some some random scenes to stay share. I mean, we, we recently did Face Off uh, in terms of uh, movie recap. Uh, Chris Bauer was in that just randomly. So just kind of like people that you, you do see, obviously, uh, you know, as a Blue Bloods fan, Amy Carson's on the main cast in that as Taylor, who we'll meet next season. Um, and, you know, plenty, plenty of people. We're going to obviously go over a lot of these. And I think maybe what we might do at one point in the future is do a side episode where we can talk about these guys in different shows because, um, you know, the main cast particularly, obviously, you know, the main nine that we've got at the moment and obviously the addition of uh, people moving forward, you know, Taylor and Finney and you know, Grace and, and people like that, obviously Sasha and, and Cruz. So sort of the people who are billed as main cast uh, because they're really, outside of the nine that we've got, um, there's, I think by looking at quickly, six more that join the cast as, as actually, well, seven technically because Fred does join the cast as a main cast member at a certain point. Um, and so really moving forward, we've only got the addition of Taylor, uh, Amy Carlson, obviously Cruz here, Texada, Texada, uh, Nia Long, who's obviously Munro, uh, Grace Foster and, uh, Brendan Finney, who come in the last season. And technically, we should mention Yokus, Bonnie Dennison, because they kind of do our favourite thing they do in TV shows, where they age a character a few years so that we can get angsty teenage Emily, uh, <laughs> moving forward. Um, but yeah, so there's obviously the main cast that we're talking about. Again, we'll do that episode again in the future. Um, but yeah, boo, Brooke, uh, she comes in, she's just gotten the message. Um, 
They're only allowed to have one visitor in the, the room at a time, so stupid Brooke gets to stay with Jimmy, and poor Kim has to leave. I love how you're like completely on the Kim bandwagon now. Good on you, Brandy. You do have taste. I was being mean before. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, I mean, just anything to add on kind of the Kim and Bobby scene here and anything else to, to say boo Brooke at all before we move on to the final two scenes? No, just that I love the... I love the bond between Joey and Bobby. I mean, I just appreciate that. I mean, again, I guess like, good. well, that can wait for the recap because I'm going to touch on that in the recap. So, yeah. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, so, our last, yeah. Yeah. our last two scenes really here kind of just to close out the season, which from memory, just going over the finales in my head, um, this is the... The last time we don't have a cliff... I mean, you would argue Jimmy being shot and Yoko's being pregnant are cliffhangers. But we don't know. We don't have a cliffhanger at the end of Season 2, really. Uh, season 3 is a sort of cliffhanger, but obviously Season 4 and Season 5 are your big cliffhangers. Um, but I, I'm just thinking in terms of the conventional standpoint of a, of a TV show finale, you don't have that, like, I mean, we literally just did Nip Tuck, where you had a character getting shot, uh, well, not shot, sorry, attacked in the final scene of season two, and you have no idea if they live or die. And we will have season finales moving forward where characters will get shot and you don't know if they live or die. So it's kind of, it's interesting to kind of watch this and how they ended it. And, like, we know, obviously, this is very closely related to ER in terms of, you know, who this was made by. Uh, and ER was very much like that in its early days, that it didn't need to end on a on a big cliffhanger. Um, and, like, it, it's good to have a cliffhanger because you want to come back and watch, but I think what's so good about the way this ends is that it's done in a way that a book ends a lot of storylines but also leaves things open. And, well, as you mentioned, like, with the recap, we'll talk about a few things on the recap in terms of what's to come in Season 2. Um, but on such a character-driven show... On this ensemble cast, I think it's it's. I think it ends well, which is we'll get to this last scene, obviously with Davis and Sully. But we in between now we get a nice little Doc and Morales scene. Uh, they're listening to music. Um, they're talking about painting their room. They're in his parents' room. They made love in this room. Can I just say I hate that term. I hate making love. God, it's such a like. Who makes love? I'm sorry if you love making love, but like, yeah, no. Um, <laughs> I'm not commenting anymore on what I prefer, but anyway, um, but. <laughs> Uh, this nice little scene where Doc's sort of talking about, like, you know, I used to come in here when I was a kid, my parents had nightmares, you know, I want our children to come in here, you know, when they have nightmares, and, you know, that nice little line from Morales of, where have you been all my whole life? And you're like, aww, aww, it's like, instead of Boo Brook, it's, oh yay, Morales, um, and at this point, you're like, nothing can go wrong for this pair, they're the perfect couple. Stay tuned. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And the closing scene, it's a nice little scene here. Like, I think all season long, we've had Davis wanting to go out with Sully for a drink. And Sully's like, oh, no, another time, another time. So finally, Sully's like, yeah, Davis, let's go for a drink. And Davis is like, nah, man, another time, another time. Because he's getting up early to go rollerblading with a girl. Uh, just to date this episode a little bit. Um, but we get this nice little scene where uh, Sully gives him uh, a couple of pins that his dad used to wear. And just solidifies the bond between these two. And I do like it how they kind of say, you know, oh, see you tomorrow. Yeah, see you tomorrow. It's like, ah, oh, you know, they're going to be back on the street tomorrow being nice guys and cops. And ah, oh. like, I just think it's a really nice, um, nice little way to end the episode, end the season. 
And um, yeah, who who needs your conventional end of season cliffhanger? Because I think that we've got enough open for the next season to deal with. And I think we get a nice satisfactory conclusion to season one. No, it was, uh, I agree. It was nicely done. I, uh, cause usually you do get that cliffhanger. Like most people would have stopped that when Jimmy got shot. He was not, like, or they would have put like Jimmy getting shot at the end or he was in the hospital bed with that. I mean, and so, I mean, it was just a nice ending in terms of like Davis and Solly and why, did, why don't they hug? I don't know. I was thinking they were going to hug again. Like when they, in episode 15, like when Davis needed a hug, Solly didn't hug him. And in this one, I thought it was going to be, like, one of those, like, bro moments. Like, yeah, bro. Have they oh, hugged no. yet? I don't think they've hugged yet, have they? No, no, no. I'm just wondering. I don't know. It just, it just caught me. Because remember we talked about the hug? Yeah, and, like, no, you're right. You are right. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then, like, hmm. this one, I thought it was going to be like a bro moment. Like, oh, man, thanks. That means a lot. And then, because it seemed like Davis was, like, kind of touched about it with the pin. And then, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was just me. I think. Maybe I'm just. <laughs> look, I'm, I'm racking my brain here. And I'm kind of scared that I'm going to be doing a Davis Bosco moment here and not thinking one. And, Barb, by all means, please correct me. Um, do they not hug until the finale? Like, season six, like the last episode of this show? I can't think of a standout moment in my head where they hug. Like, I know there's one scene in particular which I'm thinking of when they both fall off the roof together, which Sully is kind of scared he loses Davis, but... Yeah, I, I look, I, I'm racking my brain here, and there probably is, but, uh, you know, Sally and Davis need to <laughs> hug more. <laughs> I don't know, I just it just hit me. I was like, I don't know why I thought that. I was just like, oh, a bro moment. They're going to hug each other, finally. Because I guess from, like I said, episode 15, I'm still waiting on that hug, like, that bro moment, but I don't know. Well, is there, is yeah. there a... Well, I mean, kind of analysing <laughs> the hugs in general is a weird way to end this episode, like... Bosco and Yokus never hug, do they? Like, I mean, that's... No, I don't think they ever do. Carlos and Doc do in the last episode. <laughs> Bobby and Kim, well, making love is hugging. <laughs> Shut up, man. We're drinking coffee at the <laughs> Oh, look, we'll start a hug count on third watch. When do the main characters hug each other? Um, anyway, uh, that's... <laughs> Weird, weird way. Uh, that's 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 the end of the episode. That's the end of the season. Uh, we're not going to talk about the season in general and go over that because that's a separate episode. That's our next week episode, our, our season one recap. But um, let's rate this episode. Uh, what are we doing with this, Brandy? Are we buying it, renting it, or binning it? I'm buying Good it. Good girl. Well I, done. Thank you. I love the, Jim, the Jim, Jimmy and Kim moments of this one. You know, I'm, I'm all for it. I think it's just... It's time. It was about time we've seen it, so... No more games. <laughs> I yeah, I'm buying this without doubt. Uh, I think that it's a, it's a great way to end the season, and I think we've got a real strong end to season one. And look, the thing that yeah. uh, we'll talk about in our recap is that uh, you know, got to say on paper, the best two seasons of Third Watch are the first two. I would argue season two is the best, uh, but we'll get to that. Um, and that's not to take away from the other seasons, but um, and just looking here at our overall ratings, um, you rented a lot more than I than I did. I bought a lot more than you did, but of course, let's not forget, I binned an episode this season. Um, so, you haven't binned an episode yet, Brandy. You're you're yet to bin an episode of Third Watch. I thought I binned one. No. no? Okay, good. No. Oh. Wow. To be continued. <laughs> there's, a, there's a cliffhanger. I only rented six times, uh, binned one, and bought the rest 
You rented just quickly here. It looks like that's four, five, six, uh, ten times. So you you nearly rented half and bought the other half. So you were kind of a little bit more, um, uh, I guess, I don't say critical. That's not the right word. But you were a little bit more open in terms of your ratings. Whereas I just I had a lot of money this season. Apparently, I just wanted to buy. So what happens when you're single? You don't have to spend money on other people. So. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I mean, you have a child, so you got to save money a little bit. Whereas I don't, so like, it's just <laughs> it's just buying willy nilly. Like, bye, bye, bye. Um, but yeah, that's season one, folks. We're done. So what we're going to do now, moving forward, is uh, we will be doing a recap of season one. We did a similar thing uh, with Nip Tuck, and at the end of every season, we're essentially just going to go over kind of the main parts, what we liked, what we didn't like. We'll go over a few of the main storylines, uh, favorite episodes, least favorite episodes. Uh, go over the main characters, kind of establishing some of the things that they did. We'll go over some of the minor cast this season and our thoughts. Um, uh, look ahead, of course, a little bit to what's going to happen in Season 2. But the, the best bit I like about uh, what we're going to do in our recap episode, of course, Brandy, is uh, at the end of every season, we're going to compile a ranking. So, obviously, our first season recap, we're going to put Season 1 in first place. But when it comes to Season 2, you have to rank our seasons in order so by the time we get to six seasons we're going to have a list of our preferences of seasons in order of what ones we like and also my favorite moment that i'm going to enjoy and this is going to cause debate because i've actually had to write down a bunch of these moments uh we're going to come up at the end of every season with five moments the five best moments of the season um they're basically scenes we're not going to lump scenes together it's going to be like kind of one scene and we're going to have the top five moments of the season, and we're going to put that together. Hopefully, we can put a video together without it being taken down. We've done that with Nip Tuck, but every time we put our Nip Tuck moments up, they get taken down for copyright reasons. So, fingers crossed, our third watch one gets kept up. If it doesn't, we'll still have the list on our website. And then, at the end of six seasons, should we make it, we will then get those uh, six best-of moments. So, there'll be 30 moments in total. And then we will have to vote on the five moments from all six seasons that are the best five moments from all of Third Watch. So um, if any listeners are listening in terms of suggestions, uh, by all means, send us in your thoughts. I will say probably by the time you listen to this episode, we've probably already recorded the recap. But uh, by all means, we definitely would like to see your thoughts uh, on those as well. So that's going to happen next week. That's our season one recap. We're looking forward to that. Uh, but Brandy, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're at the end of the first season. Can you believe it? We made it. We did. I'm like, wow. I'm seems like it went by fast, but I know it did. <laughs> it feels good. I'm excited. Cause that means we're one step closer to Sergeant Cruz. Well, yeah, we are. We definitely are. And, I'm just, uh, I'm ready. I am just ready. Yeah. And I'm ready for season <laughs> two, because as I keep saying, I love season two this has got my two all-time favorite episodes in it um to me the two greatest episodes not only are they my favorite i'm gonna be biased and say they're the two best episodes of third watch um and like you thought the character element of third watch was big in season one season two is even bigger because we legitimately have episodes that are entirely focused on one character they're narrated by the character which I used to hate i used to really not like how they did that when it first aired i couldn't stand it but then on, on watching them so many times over the years, I am the complete opposite. I love it. I love how they do these episodes. Uh, you know, very character-centric. Like, each character will get their own episode. Um, and some get multiple. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it's it's very well done. And, um, yeah, I look forward to, to really covering this into the next season. As always, if you like our episodes, please do subscribe to us on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify. The best way is to get your 
uh, episodes direct to your devices. And by all means, please, if you are there and you can take an opportunity for just a few moments to leave us a rating and some feedback, we really would appreciate that uh, moving forward as well. Uh, on social media, you can like us on Facebook. Just search for The Oz Network. On Twitter, search for The Oz Network. And YouTube as well. Again, we barely use it, but we're still on there. Um, and yeah, we always appreciate any feedback. The Oz Network at Hotmail.com. You can email us in or there's a contact us form on our website, which you can find at theoznetwork.net. And that's where you can find all other episodes as well. Our TV recaps, our movie recaps, everything else under the sun. Uh, we obviously uh, really enjoy bringing you content and we appreciate all the support that you can give us along the way. But until we get through to our Season 1 recap of Third Watch, thank you for tuning in. My name is Ben and don't tell the mayor, but I'll do this for free. I do do it for free. (laughs) (laughs) I mean it, Ben. Don't get it on my bad side. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.